there is a movement sweeping across the land where fascination, understanding, transformation, and the story come to life. Read the story. Experience the Bible. Hey, welcome back to this installment of our pastoral-led Bible study with myself, Pastor Jeremy DePina, and Pastor Mark. Thanks a lot for being able to be with us. Uh, again, just as a reminder, if you have any questions as you read through the story, either ahead of time or even if it's back a little bit, a couple chapters or a couple weeks behind, please email Pastor Mark or myself and let us know so that we can maybe include a piece of those either in the sermons or especially during this time for our Bible study as we dig a little deeper into the Word. So today we're going to look at chapter 2. Uh, the focus of chapter 2 really is on the patriarchs. We start looking into the individuals of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, and even as you say those words, I think they kind of just rattle off the tongue because later down in the lineage of Scripture, you see people over and over again saying that. It is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And today uh, really sets the foundation for that stage as we talk about God building a nation through these individuals. And remember, the focus is not upon uh, these three gentlemen or anybody else in the story that is just pure human. The focus really is on the work of God and what he is doing through their stories. And remember, that's what we hit today too, what God is doing through our stories. Yeah, in the beginning, God. There you go. That's yeah, true. Whole, refer back to last week. That's how the whole book starts, so it all revolves around him. And I thought it was interesting that uh, in chapter 2, as we read, obviously it covers Genesis uh, well, I'll tell you, it's chapters 12 and 13, 15 mm -hmm. to 17, 21 <clears throat> to 22, 32 to 33, chapter 35. But there's also a little bit of Romans 4 and a little bit of Hebrews 11 sprinkled in there to kind of give the, well, tie the stories together, but also to show how the uh, New Testament church mm -hmm. and the early Christians viewed the, the uh, accounts, the lives of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the examples of faith, of course, that they set for us today. So anyway, just a neat little uh, way they've uh, put the put the Bible, the story Bible together. To actually show God's intertwining of this one yeah. original story. Yeah, exactly. So today, just to kick off for this particular chapter, Pastor Mark and I thought we could actually just read uh, just a brief scripture passage from the book itself. Uh, this is from the very first page of God Builds a Nation, chapter 2. It would basically be chapter 13 in most of the uh, stories. It says, The Lord uh, had said to Abraham, Go from your country, uh, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. Yeah, so even this next chapter in God's story, big chapter, uh, begins with his promises. Yeah, yeah, so many different promises. And uh, if you were with us on Sunday in person or online, uh, we noted a few of those in our church service that God gifts so many things uh, to Abraham and to his people right up front. And this whole story of this, uh, I don't know, promise that is yet to come 
uh, in the very beginning really is uh, God's growing allegory or imagery mm -hmm. for the promise that he gives to us too, right? Uh, one of the first things that he promises to Abraham is that land, this future land, this home that he will have. And for our story, it's not uh, so much different of the land of the future home that God has promised us, that he has built this nation through his people, that he continues to show this story, passing it down through generations so that we may share it with others. And they may also take advantage of this great land that God has. Yeah, and with Abraham, he was about 75 years old when God first promised this to him. And then, so he waited about 25 years and he actually didn't possess the whole land, right? It was his no. children, grandchildren yeah. that ended up, but he waited a long time. So I think also that parallels our, our experience in life too, right? We have these great promises of God and we have faith that they are gonna happen. And uh, it may be 10 years from now, maybe 50 years from now, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. uh, this promised land will be ours. Uh, it's guaranteed. Yeah. But even in those guarantees, uh, maybe something we didn't have a chance to really talk about a lot on uh, Sunday in the sermon, because there really are, like as you mentioned, so many different chapters and mm -hmm. content that's covered. One of the things that I think a lot of our viewers are probably interested in, Pastor Mark, is the fact that God promises all these things to Abraham. All these things are going to happen. But uh, one of the key things within this uh, chapter is this concept of Abraham being tested then by by God. And it is such a outlandish test, is it not? That he calls him to be able to sacrifice his son. So maybe we fast forward just a little bit. God promises all these nations. Yep, that's it takes children. forever. Yeah, yeah. It takes forever. You mentioned Abraham 75. All of a sudden, now we fast forward decades, and he still has, has no kids. Yeah. Finally, Isaac comes around, and then after Isaac begins to grow, he has this one son. God says, it's time. I need you to, to sacrifice your son. And it says specifically in our scripture that the Lord is testing him. Uh what do you think, Pastor Mark? Can you open that up for us a, a little bit? Why, why is, why is God doing this, or uh, does He not know what Abraham is going to do? Is it for Abraham's benefit? What, what is happening here? Well, I think first it, it sets up really what is the big point here in chapter two of the story. I think it's it's faith. It's like hmm. giving us a definition of faith. I think a lot of people today. Uh, Kind of this working understand or thought kind of what faith is it's kind of it's more of a head knowledge mm. it's like i believe something i got faith in it, i believe in it but faith in scripture is is much more action oriented it's it's taking action based on what i believe is true mm. and so yeah abraham the first the father of many nations the father of israel uh is right at the very beginning tested over and over again, his faith is tested, his faith is tested. Yeah. Will he act on what he says he believes in? And there's a, and that's a, you know, a challenge still for us today. Um, we do uh, are thankful for the gift that mm -hmm. faith is. Faith mm -hmm. is a gift that the Holy Spirit gives to us. And then uh, God, after he's given us that gift of faith, uh, really hopes that we will act 
on that faith in our day-to-day -day lives and our big decisions and our little decisions. But it's more than just, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. Not just a head knowledge. No. But it's like, because I believe in Jesus, I am going to invite someone to church. I'm going to discipline my children. I'm going to uh, be generous with my time. I'm gonna help a stranger. I'm gonna share this good news uh, with other people. And so it's an action. Uh, very much action oriented. That's kind of where Hebrews 11 gets kind of weaved into the story here. It's Abraham, this great example of faith. And isn't that great? Because uh, something that I did not mention on Sunday, again, just to time, is people may hear all of those things that you're mentioning and saying, yeah, I have a faith, so you know what? I'm going to go do this service project over there. Yeah. I have faith. I'm going to share uh, Christ with my neighbor. I have faith. I can do but I have faith. I'm going to sacrifice my child because God tells me to. Mm -hmm. That's a whole nother step. Yeah, it would it would seem, and people may uh, think, man, Abraham was he was he was crazy. He well, was it's out a, of his mind. Well, yeah. If anybody today said they were going to sacrifice their child because God told them to, they'd probably be institutionalized. Yes. And this has been a uh, moral dilemma for uh, believers, Jews, Christians throughout the centuries as they read the story and, and, and try to square, um, this, is, this is the same God who just told Abraham, the people that, all these you know, other you know, pagans that sacrifice children, like that is not acceptable to me, that is evil. Mm -hmm. And then test, chooses to test Abraham in this way. And again, it's like this moral dilemma. It's like, well, wait, um, yeah. So a lot of people have written about this. A lot of people have thought about this uh, throughout the centuries. People uh, a lot smarter than me sure. and uh, have uh, read these scriptures before and, and left us with their thoughts. The, uh, the thought that that's, you know, seems to suck with me really well is just the, again, the tremendous faith that Abraham had in this original promise that God's going to make him the father of many nations, the promised land. Um, Abraham acted on this belief that even if I kill this one and only son that I've been waiting for, God has the power to resurrect him. Yeah, and this isn't just you coming up with this. Uh, in the book of Hebrews, as Pastor Mark noted, uh, when it describes Abraham's faith, it actually specifically says that. It doesn't allude to it. It says the fact that uh, Abraham actually reckoned and reasoned with himself that God can raise his son from the dead. That that's how much faith that he had in, in God. And you may think, wow, that's a, that's a crazy amount of faith. But it's actually what you and I believe Mm -hmm. today that we believe that God raised Jesus from right. from the dead. Now we get to look this, back upon that. Right. But now that's a big faith, right, to have that God can raise people from the dead. That's the foundation of our faith, but uh, that's a big step. But for Abraham, like as far as we know, it's not recorded, that, that hasn't happened yet. Like God hasn't resurrected anybody. No, yet. no, no, no. Not, like he took in the scripture that we could say, yep, that happened. Yeah, now. between Adam and yep. Abraham, you could say Enoch was mm. uh just taken, taken up into heaven. heaven. Yeah. Taken up, he didn't die, he was taken up into heaven. But up to Abraham's time, he had not seen no, or God even probably actually, heard of that, right? Right. 
but he's like, eh, God can do God anything. God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he promised this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And I'm going to act on whatever he tells me to do. And I don't want to say it was easier for Abraham, no. but maybe oh, in comparison, yeah. the fact that God promised him a child at such an old age <laughs> and then waited and then followed through on the promise, maybe there yeah. was something, you know, uh, it's that friend that every time you need something follows through every time that you know you can count on them, but magnified to a bigger amount that maybe up to this point, Abraham's experiences with God, he just, just knows every time he asks me to do something and promises me something, it is there, you know? We might have laughed the first time, yeah, but I'm not laughing anymore. And so uh, I hope that's true with us too, uh, that we continually trust God and see that he does take care of things and maybe it's looking back on something in our lives years later uh, and having a different perspective on it, but knowing that his promises are always there for us. Good. Yeah. So Abraham is obviously the key figure in uh, chapter two, and he obviously is the uh, the archetype, the, the patriarch, the mm -hmm. archetype for faith mm -hmm. in God. So then Isaac, his, his son, his promised son, he grows up. I don't have much on Isaac to talk about, actually. Sure. He was, uh, he had to wait, uh, wait for his wife. Yeah. And he had to, they had to wait for their, their child, their son. Uh, so it's a little similar testing, testing of his faith. Will he act? Will he keep following God? And then from there, uh, we keep passing down that line to Jacob, his son, right? Yeah. Uh, we have uh, the story uh, that most people are probably familiar with of Jacob and Esau. Uh, and maybe just to put it really clear, you know, these are these are generations. These are fathers and son. Sometimes I think people hear these different segments of the story and they don't put it together. And that's one of the reasons we're mm -hmm. doing this. People may not recognize that the Isaac we talk about later down in Scripture is is the Isaac we're talking about as being the son right. of Abraham. And same thing with Jacob and Esau, yeah. that these are these next generations. We hear the stories of Jacob as he grows older, but you forget this is the same Jacob that wrestles with this uh, other brother and wrestles with these promises mm -hmm. and wrestles with, well, uh, I don't know, being tempted by, by different things. And I think that's one of the most interesting pieces of the story to me is seeing these elements united together and seeing all these gentlemen and uh, women who are lifted up so highly, but all the faults that they have. Yeah. All of these people have so many faults and I love it yeah. because why would any book ever or any author ever that wants people to be able to believe in something say, you know what, let's get these faults out there and show them all the, all the bad things, right. all the grit, no. uh, all the grime. <clears throat> yeah. I say that all the time. Like, if you were going to make up a religion, yeah, like you wouldn't put these no terribly flawed people that no. are so just like, who would want to follow or yeah. be like these people, but they're, cause we're, they're like us. We're like them. We're all sinful people it's the point of it that's the reality of it and i do hope for maybe people today who ask for uh whether it's transparency that word has been in the last i don't know five years mm -hmm. just out there so much more in the english language or uh being able to be real with people however you want to phrase it uh, i hope more and more people start looking at scripture and seeing it in those terms that this is a transparent book that this is a real 
book, that these are the words of God, that he's not trying to hold back truth from us or hide things yeah. from us. Or try he really to put, does lay it out there. Or try to put some polished, you know, veneer, like this, oh, these are heroes, yeah. heroes of the faith. Yeah. And it's like, eh, you know what? Abraham kind of doubted for a little bit and ended up having the child by, you know, Hagar, uh, Sarah's yeah. handmaid, yeah. to try to fulfill this promise. He tried to do it on his own. Uh, Isaac had his thing with his father-in-law and, and uh, his two daughters. And uh, and Jacob, I think, uh, is a, a really good example of somebody who uh, is not a perfect person. Mm. Uh, you know, he, he cheated and he lied to get his older brother's birthright. Yeah. Um, Esau. And the story, you know... Uh, Esau was hairy, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. and uh, Jacob was not. But Esau put like a animal skin. Yeah, or mom helps him out. Yeah, because old yeah. old man Isaac, old dad, he was blind, you know, almost blind. He's on his deathbed, and he's like, "Oh, is that? Oh, is this Esau? How hairy was Esau, was by like, the way? Yeah. <laughs> and animal, animal skin. skin on. He's like, yeah, it feels that just like, like my Esau. son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stole his blessing, the firstborn, the 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 inheritance, the, the firstborn. But how funny is that? Like, he steals the blessing, but uh, God still allows honors it. I guess, right? Yeah, like it still goes down through his line. Yeah, it was yeah. just words from a father to the son, mm-hmm. this blessing, but God still does honor that, even in this horrific. Uh, way that he goes about it. His own brother, you know, uh, we still have today, obviously, family interactions that are not the the best. And we see this has always been around. But what it also, I think, is really good for anybody out there that maybe you're struggling with some type of a relationship, especially with your blood, uh, daughter-in-law, sister-in-law, father-in-law, your own brother or sister, parent, grandparent, you name it, Children. whatever the relationship is. Yeah, whatever those relationships are. Uh, I like how the story actually comes to a head. Mm-hmm. You know, Jacob does get all these great things and Esau and him are separated from a while. while. Yep. But the time comes where the two come back together again. And Jacob is sure of the fact that his brother is going to kill him. Yeah, that's kind of one of my favorite parts of the the account is where uh, Jacob is such a big chicken that uh, when he realizes his brother Esau had kind of like this huge like army, it was his, yeah, his yeah. whole you know a mass workers of people. and mm-hmm. uh, he he sends his wives and children across the river first yeah. to go and meet him. Yeah, he's like, well, you know, he won't slaughter you know, the women and children, right? Yeah. So I'll I'll hang back, and that's when he has this this dream mm-hmm. and wrestles with God mm-hmm. and his name is changed right, to Israel. Yeah. And of course that's the name you all know. So there's the origin, right? And so it's this uh, favored son of Isaac who uh, passes on his blessing to his favorite son Joseph. But anyway, Israel is the is his new name. And, and it's the struggle. Forgives his brother. He you know, he he, he really does. Yep. Immediately. Yeah. Right. And so think about that. Everything that should have been his, that he wanted, he could have killed his brother right then. Like maybe some people would have done or maybe imprisoned him, put him in slavery. Who knows? He doesn't do those things. And because of Esau's forgiveness, not Jacob's royalty, right? this blessing and this word is transferred further and further down the, the line. 
Right. Through Esau's actions there, his forgiveness actually opens up, I think, the story to the chapters that are to come of God's forgiveness to us these days. And that's why it's so interesting to always see how God works in so many different things, even the negative elements, right? There are so many negative elements in scripture that we see God use. He doesn't like those things. He's not promoting those things, but he is allowing us as humans to make our own decisions and then hopefully pull us back to him at the at the same time. Yep. Absolutely. Good old Jacob. Jacob <laughs> struggling struggling with God. Well, uh, I, th- I think the big, again, point for me here in chapter two is faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abraham, that super uh, example uh, from the New Testament, even looking back, uh, holding him up in great esteem as a, as a man who was faithful and not just what he believed, but acting on what he believed. And so, maybe I'll leave you with a question. You know, what has God asked you to do hmm. recently? Uh, do you feel like you're too old to do it or too young to do it or uh, inadequate in some other way to do what God wants you to do? Um, there's a little catchy quote uh, some other pastor said at some point, but I like it. Uh, God doesn't choose people based on ability, but he chooses based on availability. Mm. And we see that over and over again with the people. And we'll see more examples as we move forward how uh, so many of the people God chooses to do great things and and to make a huge impact on history and moving forward in God's plan are people that anybody would look at and said they unqualified, not the right person, could never do it, um, don't, don't have the skill set, um, but they made themselves available to God to do what God asked them to do. And that's the beauty of it. Uh, when you see, I, I would say, if you see me uh, teaching a Bible study or preaching a sermon or visiting somebody, it's like, uh, well, if you knew me before, you'd be like, oh, that's God doing that. that that's a perfect example. Uh, no, no human being, right, could uh, could stand and, and, and do anything that God would ask us to do. Whether it's wait twenty five years, have a child at a hundred years old, mm. sacrifice your own son, um, it's all it's all uh, God's work in us. He gives us the gift of faith, but then He also gives us His Spirit to strengthen us to move forward into the unknown to us, known to God. Right? But for us to step out in faith and to do what he wants us to do. Mm-hmm. So put it into action would be my thought. All right, we'll put it into action uh, this week, uh, the faith that God has given you. And keep on reading. Uh, chapter 3 sermon uh, will be this Sunday, and the Chapter 3 Bible study will be online next Wednesday. Yep. All right, you guys have a great weekend. Look forward to seeing you Sunday. We'll see you soon. Hey, thanks again for joining us. Remember, we have a whole bunch of content online that we'd like you to be a part of and to share with your family and your friends. So make sure you click that subscribe button and like our content. Thanks.